Welcome on in to the Superintendent Radio Network and episode 24 of Off the Course, the podcast where golf course superintendents and other turf pros talk about literally anything other than their job. I'm Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine, and I'm joined today by Steve Whitaker. Steve is the Assistant Superintendent at Wildwood Club in Columbia, South Carolina. He's also a former music producer, a former firefighter, an active turf pro. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Steve1968, S-T-E-V-E-1968, who, curiously enough, does the same thing at home that he does at work. His hobby is basically his job. He keeps his lawn in impeccable condition. We talk about that hobby. We talk about a lot more in a special birthday edition of the podcast. I was born 38 years ago today. Steve, as we find out during the episode, was born 53 years ago today. And for good measure, Donald Ross, who was long ago active in the Carolinas, was born 100. 49 years ago today. Before any of that, a quick note from the sponsor of Off the Course, AquaAid Solutions. For more than 30 years, AquaAid Solutions has been helping turf managers around the world develop comprehensive agronomic plans to produce healthy, environmentally aware, safe, natural grass playing surfaces. They're proud to deliver best in class solutions for management of key elements for a healthy and sustainable plant system. Their solutions include wetting agents, soil surfactants, calcium and potassium products, and worm power turf, all of which help the end user, that's you, optimize their agronomic programs. Incorporating AquaAid Solutions' technologically advanced active ingredients with cutting-edge equipment technology in Imance, Vrito Seeders, and Seagrow Mobile Grow Systems Turf managers like yourself are offered synergistic solutions, delivering long-lasting agronomic value, improved aesthetics, and playability. Thanks to AquaAid Solutions for their continued support of Off the Course and of Turf Pros in general. Now, let's talk home lawn maintenance and more with Steve Whitaker. Let's start with your turf expertise, not at the Wildwood Club, Steve, but at your home, because you showed us some photos at the Carolinas GCSA Conference and Show in Myrtle Beach, and I have to admit, I was envious, I was awestruck, my yard doesn't look like that at all. Well, thanks for having me on, I, I sure appreciate it, and I was uh, humbled to be asked, uh, you know, the big names in the business that you guys get to rub elbows with that you Chose an old guy from a, a small club in the Northeast Columbia. So thanks for having me on. Well, you're you're very humble. You've got a great life story, and it doesn't hurt that you're pretty active on Twitter. So we knew you from Twitter before the show, and then we met you at the assistance event uh, the Sunday night of the Carolinas week. So you know it pays to pays to talk with people, and it pays to show up at events. I guess I don't know. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> So in regards to my yard, that's man, that's a long story. I've been kind of particular about my yard for a long time. And if you get my wife on here, she would uh, 
would say the same, but I've, I uh, had a couple times throughout my career when, you know, especially like when I wasn't able to mow the yard, uh, for example, into my firefighting career, I I was unable to mow my yard for a year, uh, the summer season due to a surgery. And my wife mowed it, and I, I just, she told me to quit watching because she doesn't mow the way that I think it should be mowed. She just <laughs> mows it to get it cut down and left it at that. Well, was, to keep myself from uh, going absolutely crazy, I'd have to just get, sit in the house and pull the blinds down and put some headphones on and turn some music on so I couldn't hear nothing. So, But to fast forward, you know, after all of that, I, uh, in 2019, what really got me into what you see now is towards the end of 2019, I, I found out I needed to have a surgery. And uh, thought it was going to be, you know, just some easy in and out, a little bit of physical therapy and back to work, maybe off work just a couple months through the winter, and that's what I planned on. But as we all know, the you know February of 2020, the little uh, global pandemic kind of put a threw a monkey wrench into the whole plan. And long story short, it took a while getting in for surgeries and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. And it took a while to then once I had the surgery and then trying to get into rehab and everything, I spent a lot of time at home and uh, wasn't able to get out and do anything. I was off work, so I wasn't getting my my turf fixed being on a golf course. So I started watching, you know, just looking YouTube videos, this different thing. Went down a rabbit hole on finding, you know, of the kind of a niche in the uh, YouTube world of people that mow their lawns. I thought, you know what, I can, I've got the skill set to do that, you know. And so I, as I was rehabbing, I started looking around and finding. I ran across a guy in the upstate of South Carolina that had been to a, a. Uh, turf equipment auction down in Georgia, and he had a real mower a green, for greens for sale. I ended up going up and buying that, and uh, I got to mow a couple times. I wasn't fully rehabbed yet, so I didn't really get to get the yard dialed in in 2020 the way that I wanted, but I, I got it going somewhat good. I did get to do a few things in, in preparation of it, so but Fast forward to spring of 21, that's when I ramped it up, and I I ended up getting a second greens mower, so I got this. This one was a, a floating head, and people in the business do the difference between a fixed, biz, fixed head and a floating head mower. I've got about 5,200 square feet, and I keep it mowed at a half an inch, so that's what got me going good, and, you know, just kind of thinking, you know what, I, I do this at work, I can... I can do this at home, like I said, a 5,200 square foot. So it's that size of a good size green. It's been a good conversation starter with people, and people notice it. And they, like you said, you noticed it on on uh, Twitter, and that's kind of in a nutshell. And, so yeah. you you really ramped it up this year. You got into it last year when you were kind of like a lot of people bored out of your mind at the at the start of the pandemic. A lot of stuff was locked down. When did you switch from when not switch, but when did you retire from firefighting and get into working in turf? Was it around that time, or was it before then, Steve? What year was that? Uh, that was, it was before then. Uh, before I became a fireman, I started in the. I'm a, a little older than your average first guy getting his first assistant gigs. I I started first golf course I worked on was around 1989. I worked at 
at a golf course in West Virginia. And I kind of liked it and, you know, didn't really think too, too much about it and kind of went in and out, you know, when my, uh, during my foray of attempting to be a, a musician, uh, kind of got a one small problem in the music business. I can't sing and I really can't play an instrument very well. So I got into the, uh, to the uh, production side of it. And that's what I worked mostly in my, when I worked in the, through the late eighties and early nineties. Good thing about golf courses that uh, that would be, you know, they were always hiring and they would, I could come out and work for a while and, you know, and, you know, if I couldn't go back to, for a while, then it just, just seemed to work out good. Fast forward, you know, I come to re- grips with my music business that I wasn't going to succeed in that. So I, so I started pursuing a, though I call it the family tr- business. My brother was a fireman. I got cousins that are firemen and, I really didn't want to do that. Then I, I had moved to southeast Indiana, and I was living next to a volunteer firehouse. And I would see these see the fire trucks go out, this, that, and the other. And it kind of piqued my interest a little bit. And I thought, I'm going to go over and give it a try. Just, I thought, you know, be, be good community service, you know, help out where I live and so forth and so on. I never really thought I would like it too much. Would. I mean, when I got in, I, I just jumped in both feet and really enjoyed it and pre- decided to pursue it as a – as a full-time career, all while I was working on a, a golf course, you know, and then Southeast Indiana, I worked on a, a big, at a big casino, they, a big Tom Fazio casino, they built Southeast Indiana, out in the middle of nowhere. So you're just riding, riding up to these cornfields, and you pop around a corner, and there's a 13-story high-rise and a, and a championship golf course. And I've got lucky to work on that when they were building that, and. I'd worked at a few other small golf courses in the uh, Indiana, Ohio, northern Kentucky, tri-state area. So I was coming to a crossroads. This, this was in my life. I was like a guy had mentioned to me about going to turf school, and I'd never really thought about it being a career. I just thought it was just a, you know just a job. Never really crossed my mind that you know that these guys actually go to college to do this. So I was getting ready to make a decision of giving up on pursuing the job as the idea of being a career fireman, and I was going to go to turf school. Uh, There's a a technical college in Cincinnati that has a a turf program, and I was going to looking at that. And a superintendent that I knew in the area said he could help me get some money. I was like, well, that's really cool. And I said, it's springtime. The next was when the next uh, uh, entry into the program was going to be. So, but in February of that year, I was, the uh, fire department called and offered me a job. So I took that job first and, and took that route in the fork for the career. For many years doing that, and uh, golf courses being around, the, you know, we would always, you know, do fundraisers. That's how we would we'd have, like, our, our fire, firefighter give money. We'd raise money for fallen firefighters at different golf courses and so forth and so on. Met one of the local superintendents around and asked him if he was just looking for some help, you know, and it was just around the corner from my firehouse. He said, sure. You know, I told him I, I had a little bit of experience. And so he uh, let me work when I wanted to. If I, you know, if, I, if I wasn't too tired when I got off work, I would go and work for a little while. And if I didn't want to work, it didn't work. It did. So it was just off and on and off and on. So I'd, I'd work at this golf course and other, a couple other small golf courses in the area just you know, work through the summer on my off days or whatever. Fast forward to 2011, I ended up 
with a back injury that uh, forced me to be retired. I, I, it didn't disable me, but I was working as a career fireman in the suburbs of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we butted up on the, on the west side of Cincinnati. I was working up there, and uh, long story short, my injury, like I said, didn't disable me, but disqualified me for uh, pension coverage. Hmm. So the pension board decided to retire me at 43. So after after spending the winter of, from 2011 to 2012 in uh, the Cincinnati, southeast Indiana area, if anybody listening from the area knows, it, it gets really cold there. And uh, it didn't, from November to March, I don't believe it got over 20 degrees. And, Midwest winter. And, Yes, and after the after my surgery to to fix my back, you know, that which ended my I knew it was going to end my career because the surgeon that did my back sat on me. He is the uh, one of the surgeons that sits on the uh, pension review board. I talked with my wife. I said, and I was like, this this cold weather just more than I really am interested in enduring anymore. I don't know if they put a barometer in my back or what, but it just didn't really sit well with her when he got. Four months of 19-inch-plus snow. I mean, I, th- I think you're kind of used to it up where you live up in the Cleveland area. So you We get a bit. The, yeah, we get a yeah, bit. T- t- tend to get a little bit of snow up there, too. So I uh, ended up coming down to Aiken, South Carolina, where I live. And uh, like the area, my wife was pursuing a career in law enforcement, and uh, she got on with a local agency in the area and had a daughter that was... Uh, in middle school at the time and played sports and school activities and this, that, and the other. And I was retired, so I was a house chauffeur for years while my wife was uh, working her way up the career ladder. Fast forward, my daughter gets a driver's license a few years later, and I get kicked to the curb. Now I have nothing to do. I think, <laughs> eh, I'm going to go back and you know find a golf course. You know, like the old Rod Sewer song says, find me a rock and roll band that needs a helping hand. Well, I'm going to find a golf course that needs a helping hand. Go to work at a at a golf course in uh, North Augusta, which is just south of where I live, and uh, yes, just right across the river from a little small place in Augusta that I'm sure most people know of. I would think so. And uh, get working out there, and the superintendent's a great guy. I mean, and it just the itch just wasn't completely scratched, and I was I thought, you know what, I still got something to offer in the business. And unfortunately, where I was at, he didn't have, uh, you know, a small course, didn't have a place to move up. And I started, wanted to move up and had the option to move, take a job at a, a, a bigger course in the area. And that afforded me to, to go to uh, and work on on a, little, on a bigger budget course, big national membership course. And I learned a lot there and advanced to an AIT, spray tech slash uh all around flunky, whatever that needed needed somebody to do, working my way up the business and learning on the job. You know, you when the uh, director of agronomy needs needs somebody to stick around and uh, do a job, and everybody's tending to think they're going to go home. You know, a smart guy picks up what the boss wants, and you're like, "I got you, I got you, boss. I'm I'm your guy to stick around and do this." You know, and I thought, you know, if I'm going to at my age, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to find an angle because most guys that are wanting to become an assistant, you know, they're coming to, these young guys are coming out of school, coming, you know, 
all the great turf schools that are out there, they're they're coming out. They're young. They're 23, 22-year-old. I thought, you know what? I'm not strong enough to I'm not going to outlift them. I'm not going to outmuscle them. I can't outrun them. I can't beat them up. So I'm going to have to find a different angle. I'm going to have to outhustle them. And my mindset on everything is I brought it from the fire department. Is uh, There's a, a book by John Salkis. It's a leadership ideology of the fire department in New York, the first in, last out. And that's the way I, the way I conduct my business even before I was – in any managerial position, I wanted to be the first guy there, and I wanted to be the last guy to leave. And anything that needed to be done, handling turf, you know, sometimes quitting time isn't at 2 o'clock. You know, you, you may be scheduled. That's what time you, you think you're going to get off, but at one thirty, and if something goes down, a big irrigation leak or, or whatever, you know, you may not get to leave then. So, so that's just kind of how I've progressed. A lot of on-the-job training, I've had some – Fantastic superintendents I've worked for, you know Patrick Murphy at the at the River Club in North Augusta, uh, Dustin Purdue at at Sage Valley, and my current superintendent is uh, Grayson Clark. I mean, they've all been great guys. I worked for for a short time right after right after my surgery. I had found a, I was getting back into the, getting back. Literally and figuratively getting my legs back underneath me after surgery, and I found a, as a club in Augusta that needed some help. And uh, Brian McConville, the superintendent there, he uh, he needed some help, and uh, he found that I was looking, and he didn't need to train me on anything, so uh, I could just hit the ground running and help him out, and he could concentrate on other things. So I worked there with a short time knowing, and he knew that I was looking to advance. And, and that's when, when I ran across my job to the, uh, the Midlands chapter of the Carolina Golf Course Superintendent Association. I, I got invited to the December of 20 meeting and uh, got paired up with my current superintendent in our golf outing. And one thing led to another. And a few months later, I'm his assistant. And you've jumped in. <laughs> Both feet, yeah. You said just last year landed that. I think you started on Twitter about a year ago. So at this young age of, of I'm guessing, 53, because your Twitter handle, in case folks don't follow you, is first name and then 1968, Steve, 1968. Uh, well, it, it's been a good not year. Yet, not 53, not 53 yet. There's a few hours left before that changes. When's your birthday? That's tomorrow. <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, you got it. Uh, you got fifteen years on me to the day. <laughs> well, happy birthday! Well, thank you. Happy birthday to you too. Thank you. Oh, that's yeah, funny. So I, yeah, definitely. Just jump in both feet. That's I love it. You know, the people ask me. You know, my neighbors ask me. So, how do you know what to do? I'm like, well, I've got a lot of time invested, and my wife is like. She said, tells me that we better have the best looking yard on the on the block. <laughs> and uh, I try not to overly outdo my neighbors, but I help them out when I can. You know, give them some advice. Some of some think they want to maintain what I maintain until they see what it takes. And it's living in the, in the Midlands area of South Carolina. People that don't know, it's it's got to be one of the hottest places in the summer. It's not unheard of in May being eighty degrees. At 8.30 in the morning with the humidity pushing 90, 90%. So, you know, my neighbors, they all 
I mean, I've got neighbors that mow the grass like at 9 o'clock at night because that's the only time it's relatively cool in the summer. I don't do that because my I don't stay up that late. <laughs> so if we circle back to the home lawn care, because, again, it's off the course, and this is this is off the course. It's turf care, but it's not at the golf course. You're asleep by 9 o'clock. Your neighbors are maybe out doing it then. What is your home turf schedule? I mean, how how many days do you mow? What kind of products do you use? I, I know you have three or four different mowers. You sold one to somebody who really wanted it. Obviously, you've got to do it super early or right when you get home, when it's warm outside. Uh, what what is your what is your home schedule look like, Steve? Normal regular routine is mowing two days a week. It's generally been like Tuesday and Thursday, and uh, sometimes it's a, a Saturday mow. But every other weekend on my off weekend is definitely a Saturday most of some every other week's a three day at a minimum. Sometimes if it's not been too rough of a week or, or something when I get home on a Saturday that I work, I might mow again. But on the off weekend when I do mow, it's it's usually a double or sometimes even a triple cut just to keep it nice and tight. If it's a busy, busy time frame, you know, I know like if they're like member guests, for example, and those are long days of work. It goes under heavy regulation. I use, you know, plant growth regulators uh, on standard tissue fertilizer. I I don't get too much granular fertilizer from from the turf side. I go. I got a, a farm supply place here locally that I buy buy from, and I use some some stuff to you know get a little bit of stuff from from work. If we got anything that's a little extra, like open bags here or there, I might bring home a little bit of fertilizer on, on rare occasion, not too much. And I try to buy local. Uh, one of the perks of the business, I, I know the stuff that's used on on the turf side, and I can either through uh, DIY websites, I can buy stuff where they. Which is, believe it or not, there's a big market for it. There, a lot of the uh, big companies are will uh, repackage their product in a smaller size. You know, for example, say we use a, a gallon of it in a season on a, on a golf course. Well, a person that has a you know 5,200 square foot that might last them five years. Right. You know, so they'll put it together in like a a a pint. In that way, you know, you can, and it's, you're not, so they, there's a few websites out that carry stuff like that for the for the home lawn guy or the small, uh, you know, lawn care businesses and stuff like that that's not, that doesn't have the big, huge budgets that some of the other bigger places have. So, so yeah, I do use, uh, I use plant growth regulators. Uh, I don't use the brand name Primo. I, I use the generic version of it, which is. A little bit cheaper, but it's the same active ingredient. I use all the standard fungicides that most golf courses use. I buy most of it. You know, it's somewhat readily available through uh, products like you know some of your. I'm not giving no plugs to anybody, but just the names that are known in the in the home lawn. They have the the fungicides and stuff like that too and insecticides. So I put it all use all that stuff out. I do occasionally get some some stuff that we use like on the when I'm spraying 
grains or something like that. I might if, if there's anything like a gallon or so left that, that just won't too low in the in the in our sprayer to uh, to actually get taken up through the sprayer. So I'll catch it in a jug and bring it home and might spray a little bit just to see how what it does on the on the old yard. And uh, normally, like I say, two day, two times a week, and then uh, at least every other Saturday is a double or triple cut. Then sometimes uh, the Saturday when I work, I might throw on a, a little mow, especially if it's a easy day, easy Saturday when I get off work. I have an irrigation system, but I, I only run it like if I'm putting any kind of granular products down. My I see all my neighbors; they're running theirs four days a week. I'm like, "Are oh, you doing running water down the road, dude?" I try to tell them, but they ask me, "So when do I run mine?" I tell them, "I don't." You know, I I like hand watering. You know, I've I've worked on bent grass, so I I, I got I fond affection of a hand watering grass. It's it's peaceful. It's a little relaxing to me. I, you know, some people might think it's a little a little more. You know, especially working in the turf business, spending eight, nine hours, ten hours a day managing a, a golf, helping manage a golf course, and then come home and do it. But you know, it's it's what I do. It's my thing. I like it. It's like I said, I told you in the music business, I can't found out in the music business, I can't sing and I can't play an instrument, so I got to have some kind of a hobby, I guess. So just something I got into. I I like it. But, my neighbors, I don't know if I haven't heard any, anybody uh, make any complaints. I get a lot of people, you know, <laughs> you know Halloween is a, is a good time. I get out there and all the dads come walk, walking by and, and the, inevitably there'll be four or five of them want to stop and ask questions about what I do. And uh, now, you know, I think I showed you a picture when I was in town, you know, what, when we were in Myrtle Beach uh, of a a recent photo and, uh, and, you know, it was, it was still really green and everybody else around me's got dormant grass. Cause we all, we've all got 419, you know, which is kind of the standard fairway and rough in my area for golf courses. And everybody's, you know, going dormant. Well, we've had a, a pretty nice fall. So just right before the Carolina show, I had some, product left it so I decided I'm gonna go out and spray my yard. So I a lot of iron and a little bit of nitrogen and you know it it perked up really good, you know, a couple seventy degree days in November and it kept it kept it looking green real good so so it was it was looking good. People were asking if I painted my yard. I'm like, no, I don't paint my yard. It's just good timing on on the uh, iron application I guess and Everything says, so it's just a, a perk in the, in the business and the, the training stuff I've learned, you know, kind of helps out, you know, to keep the grass a little greener, a little bit longer. That's good that uh, they don't complain about, you know, you're used to hearing about neighbors who complain about the overgrown, weedy yard that makes everybody else, you know, just look terrible by comparison because, you know, here's here's uh, this awful yard. Everybody else is at least mowing. And here you are on the opposite end of that bell curve where you're absolutely immaculate and it's so green. 
thanks to some luck and some product and a lot of elbow grease that, you know, they're asking you at Halloween if you paint. And you're like, no, I don't paint. Uh, so that's good that they, they don't complain about uh, the yard that kind of brings the collective bar up, so to speak. Yeah, they have, a few neighbors have, they don't do the, do it themselves, but I, I've noticed that uh, several services are starting to, uh, you know, there are a lot more activity of uh, lawn care services are are upping their uh, their game in the neighborhood. Oddly enough, I don't ever get them to, you know, when they're going door-to-door soliciting business, they never stop at my house. Really? I've, I've actually, yeah, I've never, I've had them when they were servicing yards across the street. Yeah. One of the guys for you know, a very large lawn care nursery in my area. You know, they they actually service the common areas in my uh, in the, the community and the subdivision I live in. You know, their guys are like walk by and they, they look and give me a nod and and had a guy ask me said. What do you do for a living? I, said, you know, <laughs> I told him, he said, I knew you had to have some kind of a background. He said, he, he said because not even a lawn care business is, is doing, he said, nobody around, you know, they can't even get anybody to mow this low. And, you know, I've had people ask me if I would would uh, do their yard, and I told them, you know what, they couldn't afford me. <laughs> I was going to ask if anybody has reached out, yeah. What, uh, what would be your going rate to... Uh... To take care of somebody's yard, whole like a holistic approach. Probably about one hundred fifty dollars an hour. There you go. That, I, I, that sounds really crazy, but nope. By the time you buy the product and you pay for the, you know, if I was to go service somebody's lawn the way, you know, I would need to carry you know, the liability license, the whole nine yards. And the wear and tear on my mower, one yard is, I can I can take it to work if I need any. I got grinders and stuff, but I, I don't have to pay somebody to do that. But, you know, if I did it on a more, uh, for other people, you know, I'd carry, lab, carry liability insurance and, and all this and the other. It just, it's just not an in, of interest to me. I don't want to do it. I, you know, I can probably make, I could probably find three or four yards I could, and just, stay as busy as I wanted to and make decent money. But it's not about the money, really. It's a, I just don't... I'll be glad to help people and tell them what they want. I've had a few neighbors that started out, you know, they wanted to do it and this, that, and the other. One neighbor, he he bought a different uh, regular rotary mower that uh, Honda makes one that, that'll cut down below an inch. I think they're right at an inch. So he went out and bought it, thought he wanted to, but you know, when they realize, you know, this is this isn't just something that you do every ten days. You you uh, mow it, you know, it grows up, and you mow it, and cut it off, and you know, keep it at a half an inch and mowing it at a half an inch nonstop. You have to keep it mowed regular, or you're going to, you know, it's going to be green and brown and green and brown and green and brown. You know, you got to just like just like on the golf course. You know, that's the reason why they you know mow fairways two or three days a week and. Greens every day. Same same ideology. You know, you don't get get to take a week off from you know, one of the others. It's it's a, it's it's a lot of wear and tear on the on the body when it's you know spend nine hours out in the sun 
on the golf course, and you come home, and you and you you got to mow it if you're going to maintain it. It's, you know, it's just just what you got to do. But I find it easier. Best thing I do when I get home, I just get the garage door open when I'm pulling into the driveway, and, and just because if I go in and sit down. And, and you're done. I just just go in and get it done. It's <laughs> good exercise. You know, summertime it's not unheard of to get fifteen to twenty thousand steps in a day between work and then coming home and mowing. So, um, how many how many days out of those? You know, you're mowing about five days out of every fourteen. How many times in two weeks or how many times in a month? You know, you, do you even have to trick yourself beyond just hitting the garage door and say, all right, I got to do this now, I got to do this now. If I don't do this now, it's not going to get done. And, and you you have to really talk yourself into it compared to just getting out and doing it. Oh, probably about once every other week. Okay. It's a, I mean, for me, you know, there's some of those, some don't, some listening might think I'm absolutely crazy, but I, I've got an hour drive to work. By the time you get home, you know, after an hour drive home, to get home, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, depending on when to get out of, out of work, you know, you're like, man, do I really want to? Do I really want to? And and uh, with the with the growth regulator, sometimes if I'm, you know, just been a really, really rough day at work, I'll just kind of push it off to the next day. But I generally stay on my, on my, on my schedule because if I don't, if I push it off, think I'll do it the next day. The next day, I'll, because I'll do it the next day. The next thing I know, I'm, I'm off of it, and it's all. I'm having to start all over and work it back down. So it's found it easier just to stay on schedule and just to do it and, and get it done and sit down and relax. And you know, my usually tell my wife is I'll call her on the way home and say I'm, I'm mowing today. When I get home, you know, I'll eat. Playing supper after I get done eating, so it's. She thinks I'm a little crazy. I'm sure my neighbors probably do too. But you know, it's. I guess everybody's got their. Little some neighbors to kind of think they're. Look at their other neighbors. And I, and I don't go absolutely crazy. I would say I don't. I guess my downfall in my yard would be the edging. I don't. Give an edge on the concrete like I should. And I get I get lazy right there on that. I, I've got good equipment to do it. I just don't don't do it. I've, in my backyard, I've actually got the way they built the neighborhood that I live in. It's kind of a, each road's a downhill slope, so the yards are tiered. So my neighbor for, on one side of me, his yard is about 18 inches higher than my yard is on one side, and I'm down on the other side. I'm got about an 18-inch drop down into my next neighbor's yard, and you know, being all good neighbors, we all got fences up, so. And I've got a dog who, uh, and the dog come to a, a reasonable understanding. He won't do his business on the short grass, and I'll give him a little bit of tall grass for him to go out <laughs> in the scratch and do do his business. And so we, he like he likes this. I keep that about a, at about an inch and a quarter. So it kind of looks kind of looks like a fairway and a rough. That's kind of the, the look of it. Just for the pup. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I've contemplated uh, taking the the grass in the backyard down to Green's height, but it's I'm still working on a fair or on the uh, the uh, contractor grade on the backyard, so it's it's not quite quite there. Even though I've put close to six tons of sand on the front 
and backyard over the, the last year. So, so I'm working on it. The irrigation lines are some dips in it, so it's still. I don't know if I'm gonna want to get get into it that much and requiring daily mowing in the backyard. So I don't. Still, a, that's still a contemplation. Going from five days out of fourteen to every single day seems like a jump, even for you. Yeah, yeah, it's a. It's a lot. I mean, some days I think it'd be really cool to have a putting green in the backyard because I see some other guys on Twitter and they got putting greens at their house. I thought, man, I could do that. That'd look cool in my backyard. Nice big flat open area. But then I think, yeah, seven days away. Do I really want to do that? <laughs> I just, I just can't convince myself to go that far. These guys that got the putting greens in their backyard, they they mow at this what you know, an inch and a half or two inches or whatever. It's always in the back of my mind, but I just really can't convince myself, even though I do have a greens mower that, that I'm using. So, I, you know, back on the neighbors, I've had the neighbors say, "How much? Will I, I'd like to buy me one of them. How much?" Well, <laughs> I tell him, I said, "Do you want a new one or you want to use one?" And they're like, "Well, what's a new one cost?" I said, "Well." You're looking at uh, at least fifteen to maybe twenty thousand, depending on how new you're calling new. Used, you're looking two grand and up. The real mowing lawns is a is a big thing now, and and the homeowners have jacked up the price. They've got they've got residential style mowers. I got a good deal on mine, so so I use a, a regular golf course mower. You mentioned near the start of our conversation when you were up in Indiana, the winters were a lot rougher. Uh, and they are not as rough, obviously, in South Carolina, where you are. Uh, you're in Aiken, which is, you mentioned, about an hour away from Columbia. So winter's coming here up along the, the Great Lakes. We're still in Cleveland. But you can go on for a while down in South Carolina. What's your winter program look like? Are you, are you tapering back a little bit, or are you still just going going through the winter as it's... Uh, I don't know, maybe 65 instead of 85 or 90 degrees out. We've had some days in the in the, in the low 30s here now. Okay. I think the, okay. the, the growth has kind of tapered off. I, I generally follow the way we handle fairway on the golf course, and we've I haven't cut it since right before probably the, I would say, maybe the first, Week in November, maybe I think is the last time I've actually real mode, and uh, it hasn't really grown much, so I haven't really done anything. It, it's you know it's taken up the color good, but it didn't really, you know, not much vertical growth is done. So about all I've done really now is just uh, my uh, I, a rotary mower that I have. I use use it to kind of clip up anything and any leaves or anything like that. Just kind of keeping it at a at bay so it doesn't get too too crazy as it goes into dormancy of it's it's rapidly going brown to meet meet the rest of the neighborhood and I won't do any won't do anything for that. I've you know standard golf course stuff I put out some zero zero fifty which is uh, potassium which is uh, good for Bermuda going into going into dormancy as you know, that's what it kinda feeds off as our weather, you know, ebbs and flows throughout the winter. That's it's not unheard of to in January to have some 60 degree days and and the the turf and the dormancy might think it's time to wake up but it's not and it'll start so it's good to have a to 
I tell everybody it's basically the equivalency of carb loading, like for people that work out, you know, so they, when they're going to go do a heavy workout, they'll carb load so they have something, to, some fuel to to get them through the sure. heavy thing. So that's, so my winter program is, I, you know, I, I do, I put down a preventative fungicide for for any, uh, like spring dead spot or any, any uh, winter fungus or diseases that may that come around and I do a end of October I do a, a pretty good granular feeding just to kind of get it going and then I did a heavy application of uh, the 0050 and other than that basically just I let it ride let it see what it does and mulch up leaves and just uh, sit down and figure out what I'm going to do and kind of kind of start my uh my little maintenance fund, I stick a few bucks here, back here and there as time goes by to kind of, so I don't have to take anything away from other household stuff, you know, that my family wants to do, you know, stuff my wife wants to do. So I, I don't, it it seems like a lot that I, that I do, but I, I, I budget out this stuff comes out of you know, what, I, what I like to do. I, I like to golf too, so, you know, it's one of the parts of the business I don't have to, like working on a golf course, you save the save the green fees, so you tend to don't have to worry about that. So uh, that's basically what I do. I use the winter time to relax and recuperate, recharge, and think of what I want to do. And I, I'm probably going to start the assistant golf course certification program through the GCSAA. Fantastic. Uh, just to keep continuing education stuff. That's one of the, you know what I did. I didn't. When I was at the Carolina show, I didn't I didn't see a golf course. The only golf course I saw in Myrtle Beach when I was there was put one of the putt putt courses that I drove by. <laughs> Other than that, there's, the, there's the, a the lot. First golf course I, I saw, you know, pictures that you and Guy had out, you know, from different places that you guys got to go, and different guys are posting stuff on Twitter. I had to set thousand and education classes to to maintain my uh, pesticide certificate license well. certification. <clears throat> You you need the points and and we don't need the points so. Usually <laughs> that's what winter times you know a lot of times for that and I don't have any trees or anything in my yard so I don't do any kind of maintenance like that you know I just some other things uh, general stuff around the house so probably uh, my wife will have me a uh, plenty of honeydew list things to do mm. she's thinking about want to change the the stain on the fence so it might go a little darker on that so I'll probably pressure washing the fence. And, all kind of goodies like that. Uh, just your regular, everyday household stuff. Probably everybody in America does. You would think, but I don't know. Um, before I let you go, Stephen, this this was great, and I'm glad that uh, you wanted to come on, and I'm glad we finally talked in person after seeing you on Twitter for, I don't know, probably close to a year. Any other surprising chapters, any other stories, whether it's uh, your... Your home lawn care maintenance, your your work uh, at a few clubs as an assistant the last few years, your time as a firefighter, your time in, in music when you were producing, uh, anything else that you want to share, any other stories? I've lived in adventures I've been blessed. Lord's blessed me with uh, you know, a great family, met some really great people, you know, guys that have influenced me. I, I give a big shout out to a lot of young up and coming guys in the business, you know, that, and 
you know, people look for mentors. They they always think that somebody is a mentor is someone that's older than them. You know, well, in my age bracket, I'm with a lot of guys that are looking to, you know, they're they're planning, starting to plan their exit strategy from the business. And I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm looking, you know, I think I got a few more years left in me, so I'm looking at a lot of younger, you know, younger guys and. You know, some people may not think they're younger, but, you know, 35, 40-year-old guys. And then there's some, some young guys in their 20s that are assistants that, that I can just see they're going to be rock stars in the business. And, you know, one I'm going to give a shout-out to is Richard Brown from uh, Orangeburg Country Club. He's, yep. he's one of the guys that told me, he said, man, if you want to you meet some of the movers and shakers in the business and, you know, kind of find out what's going on, you know, the the uh, what's some of the latest and greatest and, you know, everything that's going on in the turf business, Said you got to get on Twitter. I was like, yeah. So I gave it a try, and you know, him and and uh, Turf Beard, I got to give him a shout out too. Between sure. them two, they just kind of egged me along and helped me and prodded me along, and I just got into sharing my. I enjoy the morning, and nothing too exciting. You know, I've had a we could probably go on for a long time with interesting stuff in the fire service. It, it was it was very good to me, and that that time come to an end and I still can't drive by a firehouse without looking at the fire trucks and there's a, one of Columbia's fire departments is right around the corner from from our golf course so I, and I hear him all the time and my boss he'll be around here at a fire truck and he, and he tells me I look like a like a be like a dog in my ear be like huh? <laughs> and I tell him I say yeah they're playing the music of my people that's just one of my favorite songs right here because of the sirens on the fire trucks it's, it's interesting and working and I'm working near a Military base uh, between fire trucks and hearing hearing the artillery and stuff like that. It gets it gets kind of interesting. So a lot of a lot of cool stuff like that. I get to see a lot of good stuff and you know I've had some fun times and I've had two jobs that I really really thoroughly enjoyed my life and they always I've always heard if you find a job that you that you like you'll never work another day in your life and I've been blessed to to do two of those you know. I can't, you know, most, most kids, you know, want to be a policeman or a fireman and I got to do it. You know, I got to ride a fire truck and run the sirens and all kind of, all that good stuff like that. And now I get to take care of a golf course and watch the sun rise every day. So it's, man, I'm blessed more than I, more than I should be. And a little quieter on a course than, uh, on an engine. So maybe you're, maybe you're going in the right direction. I can't complain. It's, it's the, uh, the pace is, a little slower and a, a little easier on the body than being a fireman is. I could, I, that, that is one thing for sure. It's a, being a fireman is a little rough on the body. Well, Steve Whitaker is the assistant superintendent at the Wildwood Club in Columbia, South Carolina. If you were at the Carolina's GCSA conference and show recently in Myrtle Beach, you probably ran into him. Uh, and if you didn't, give him a follow on Twitter, Steve, S-T-E-V-E, 19 6819680. And again, happy birthday. This will uh this will drop appropriately and unplanned on your birthday and mine and we share a birthday with Donald Ross. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. I sure appreciate it and uh it was uh, my honor getting to meet you guys at the the uh, Carolina's assistant gathering at the uh, Carolina show. Very humbling for for me to, you know, for you guys to take an interest and want to have me on your show. I listen to it 
and and my rides and having having an hour drive to and from work it affords me some time to listen to some podcasts so I, so it'd be weird and my listen to this be weird listening to myself <laughs> well listen to it at one and a half speed and you sound like a different person that's how I listen to myself <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this was fun. Steve, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. My thanks again to Steve Whitaker for taking some time to step off the course. My thanks to all of you for listening to all the podcasts on the Superintendent Radio Network. New episodes of Beyond the Page, Greens with Envy, Off the Course, and the OG Tartan Talks now in its sixth year right here on the Superintendent Radio Network, wherever you listen to podcasts, just about every Tuesday. Our November issue is online now with an incredible cover story about what's happening at the Union League of Philadelphia. Features about superintendents on the move and how you can apply their lessons if you move. The consequences of increased play over the last year and change and more. Check it out at www.golfcourseindustry.com magazine. You can read more industry news and notes in our fast and firm email newsletter that's delivered every Tuesday to your inbox. If you don't get it already, sign up online at www.golfcourseindustry.com from the homepage under the subscribe tab. Golf Course Industry is produced by Guy Cipriano and me, Matt Lowell. Our columnists are great, Terry Buchan, Henry DeLozier, Bradley S. Klein, Tim Morrigan, and Matthew Wharton. We have some fantastic regular contributors too. Tyler Bloom, Trent Bouts, Lee Carr, Ron Furlong, Judd Spicer, John Torsiello, Anthony Williams, and... Rick Wolfel. Our publisher is Dave Zai. Our sales team is Russ Warner and Andrew Hatfield. Jim Blaney designs the magazine. Caitlin Sellers makes sure everything goes where it should. Christina Warner makes sure you all receive the magazine. That's important. Kelly Antle makes sure we all get paid. That's important, too. Amanda Cafardi is our market coordinator. Irene Sweeney does more than anybody can keep straight. Anna Kolar, Cody Minnick, Tom Bauman, Brock Andrada, and Patrick Briand. Our RIT team, our president, is Chris Foster. Above all else, we could not do what we do without you during this Thanksgiving week. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday, and I thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 